0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: It's exactly what I dreaded. The best part is we're not done. Rolling into the Super Bowl, and it's an actual nightmare. I could care less. I don't like these two teams. I don't care about this game. I'm not rooting for either one. Is this a bucket list Super Bowl for you? It is absolutely not for me.
2: You can dislike the Chiefs.
1: You can disrespect the Chiefs. Let's just have a good time. Trashing these teams if we don't like them. JT the Brick. Believe it, baby. We're going
2: to Las Vegas, Nevada going go get us another
1: one! Am I furious about it? Hell yeah, I'm furious about it. The only thing I can tell you is that we gotta deal with it. We gotta deal with it, and we gotta make it work.
3: But if I had my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. Does
1: that mean you have to root for the Niners? Hell no. You don't have to root for anybody. No one's telling you what to do. The reason to root against the Chiefs, if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, they are documented a dynasty. I really can't believe this is happening. And now, live from Radio Row,
2: here's JT the Brick.
1: Welcome to back, final hour of the show from Radio Row here at the Mandalay Bay as we continue on here. A big couple of days for us. We're excited to have you here inside the Raider Nation, inside the world-famous Radio Row. This is year 26 for me being here, and it's already been pretty memorable. Our guest list has been really strong. Jim McMahon and Kyle Turley, two friends, again, from Radio Row over the decades, are going to join us in about 15 minutes here. Excited to talk to them. And also a couple of other interviews that I had last night, and one that I'm going to play that I think you're going to love, Tim Brown. Uh, that's coming up. Timmy is running around town doing a lot of appearances, but he joined me last night, and that was a pretty cool conversation. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, the call to action, the call to action for everyone else out there is, how do we beat the chiefs? What's the key to the game to beating the chiefs? Now, if you think the Chiefs are going to win the game, you're welcome to call in. I'd rather you not. I don't need your Chiefs propaganda, nor do I want it. But if you're, And I'm not a big fan of the Niners, as you know, for obvious reasons, but I came to this conclusion, everybody in Raider Nation, and I don't speak for you. You speak for yourself. We need the Niners to win this game. I can't believe I just said it. We need the Niners to win to knock off the Chiefs from being in dynasty. That's the simplest way I can put it. I can't put it any simpler than that. We totally need the Chiefs to lose. It will be a massive headache. If the Chiefs win this game, they'll surpass the Raiders in overall Super Bowls with four. The Raiders have three. They'll become a dynasty with three in the Mahomes era. That is not good. And here's the last one that no one seems to be thinking about. They'll remain undefeated at Allegiant Stadium. This is not the home of the Chiefs. It's the home of the Raiders. The Raiders. So how could anybody be rooting for Kansas City who claims to be in Raider Nation by calling my show saying, well, you know, I, I hate the Chiefs, but I hate the Niners more because of the Bay Area connection and all that. We're not in the Bay Area anymore. We got Raider fans there. That mean everything to me. But the team now resides in Las Vegas, and we're trying to stop a dynasty. So how do you see this coming? How do you see Kansas City getting beat? I predicted the game. I have the Niners winning 27-24. to 24 and christian mccaffrey being the mvp of the game with a touchdown on the ground and a touchdown in the air if that happens that will take away the mvp of brock purdy if brock purdy wins the mvp i think we're going to be sitting around going wow wow Derek carr didn't win a super bowl let alone a super bowl mvp but brock purdy's got one then you start taking a look at some of the other candidates who can win the mvp kelsey they normally don't give it to a tight end They normally don't give it to a tight end at all, but maybe if he has a big game, he could end up getting it. And Pacheco is a really good player. They're going to give the ball to Pacheco inside the five-yard line. If they get inside the five-yard line three times and he runs for three touchdowns. But the love fest going on with the Swifties and Kelsey lead me to believe that if the vote is close, maybe Kelsey gets the MVP of the Super Bowl. But Mahomes should get it if they win because he'll be handling the football This will be the coronation of the Chiefs' dynasty. And I think the right call would be to give Mahomes the MVP. So why am I picking the Niners? Because they have better players. Not a better coach. Kyle Shanahan's okay. But I think this is a better opportunity for them to win because they have four or five better players than Kansas City. I saw it the other day as I looked out at this. Out of the top ten players, top ten players in this game, seven Seven are 49ers, and I think that's pretty accurate. If you add in Debo, Trent Williams, Brock Purdy, George Kittle, uh, Nick Bosa, you see where I'm going here, and Kansas City's got three of the best players that you could have out there in Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and I'm a Pacheco guy. I think Pacheco's a really good player. Raider Nation has Josh Jacobs and Zamir White. Pacheco runs really hard, really fast. He's really intense along the way. I think he could have a big game here. So I have the game with the Niners winning, covering the point spread, covering the point spread and going over the win total, the point total. Okay, I don't know how anybody could have this under the total of 47 and a half because Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders put up 63 points by themselves. Am I the only one bringing up the fact that this is a fast track? Allegiant Stadium has a brand new field, courtesy of the NFL, that will be rolled in on game day. It will be a fast track. You got a quarterback in Mahomes and Purdy that can put up points. I think the biggest play of the whole Super Bowl is taking the over. And another thing I want to tell you about that, because I'm not a gambler, but I think it's important to say, don't bet fifteen bets at the Super Bowl. Bet the one you can win. Don't be a gambling clown and have fifteen separate bets going. Pick the one or two bets that you feel you can win money with. And those are the games, though those are the moments in the game where you feel like you can win. So that's what we're waiting on. Tommy White's going to check in, who runs the 872 Laborers. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. And the line still remains at the Superbook. San Francisco, minus two and a half. Circa has it. San Francisco, minus two. South Point, minus two. DraftKings: San Francisco, minus two. Tommy White, kind enough to join me live from the Super Bowl. Radio Row, the 872 Laborers. As I always say, they built the stadium on time and on budget and he's a proud partner of our coverage from the super bowl tommy i can't thank you enough man we're not doing this show as long as we have inside here radio row without you how are you my friend
4: thank you jt i'm pretty good buddy how are you
1: i am really good uh talk about what your dream was when you broke ground and you were ready to build this stadium on time and on budget and you pulled it off
4: yeah you know uh after seeing the the hype over last few weeks and um, and actually seeing it all get put together and seeing the inside of the stadium um, although I really wish that the Raiders were out there yep. this weekend but uh, uh, you know what I got to give it to everybody that, that worked together on this, Mark the Dane and, and the whole crew that, that started this from the very beginning uh, I got to give them a lot of credit to where we are today and uh, where we're going to take Allegiant Stadium over the weekend
1: Tommy White's our guest. You know, Tommy, it felt like it was going to be really easy. This could have happened 5, 10, 20 years ago, but it didn't. Now all of a sudden I'm sitting at a radio row here, and there's legalized gambling, and the is talking about gambling partners. But everybody loves the stadium because they had the media night and they had the players' night, the opening night for the first time, at the venue that's going to host the game. That has a lot to do with the success of Allegiant Stadium and the fact that people could get there easily from the Strip Corridor.
4: You know, uh, remember early on, everybody kept talking about how hard it's going to get there, how hard it's going to be to park. And um, I, 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 you know, there was a dream at the very beginning of this back in 2016, 2017. And to watch that, you know, not only to watch the Raiders games over the past few years, but to watch it all come together for one of the biggest weekends of the year um, for the Super Bowl. And to just see what the inside of the stadium looks like, um, it, it's just a fantastic venue. And I'm, I'm glad the players that are here in town, I'm glad that all the guests that are here in town, I'm glad that everybody that has came into town uh, to go to the Super Bowl over at Allegiant Stadium and see what a, a first-class venue looks like. Um, and, and just can't wait for the weekend just to kind of feel the atmosphere in there. I think it's going to be fantastic.
1: Tommy White from the 872 Laborers. So what do you got building now? What's going on? As everybody, we've got a lot of people listening from outside the market here who are coming to town. What are some of the other really big projects you're working on over the next year or two?
4: Well, I think uh, with Jose Bautista, uh, uh you know, buying the um, uh, the Las Vegas lights, and he's going to do a lot of work downtown on, on cash and fields and kind of getting that up to, to get it to be more of an of, uh, MLS Mm-hmm. Uh, stadium uh, for soccer, uh, you know, with a couple of the other projects that we got going on with Oakview Group coming into town and building the other sports complex at the end, uh, the end of the strip the South End. But I think the biggest one that we're going to be heading into right now is, is going to be that uh, railway that's going to be coming in wow. and going out from Las Vegas to California. That's going to be a fantastic job and looking forward to bringing a lot of people in from California and, and looking forward to making it a lot easier on us getting to California.
1: Now, Tommy, one thing about that project, I've been here since 96, the 98, and then been back since 09. I never believed in that project because they were just blowing so much wind that it was going to happen, high-speed rail, and now finally it's coming to fruition. It took a while, but this is really going to happen, and you guys are involved with this. Fantastic.
4: Yeah, we, we actually have guys out there working today. Wow. Uh, right there off of Las Vegas Boulevard. Today was the first day to put shovels in the ground, uh, so it is it is happening. Um, and, and look, I, I you give credit when credit's due. I, 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 really believe that, uh, Allegiant Stadium had a big, a big part of, uh, making sure that that happened. I think the Golden Knights had a big part of making sure that that happened. Uh, and I think all the resorts in Las Vegas and, you know, they'll all be top of the line. And I don't just say that because I live here and we build them. I mean, you can go to anywhere else, uh, that I know of in this country. You're not going to find. Place like Las Vegas, you're not going to um, uh, find a place to go to all the sports venues that you, you could, and you're not going to find a place to go to the entertainment uh, capital. Besides the gambling and the casinos, it, 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 Las Vegas has turned out to be something that I have never thought it was going to be, and that's on a top-of-the-line level.
1: Thank you, Tommy. You know, when I get the chance to see you, I thank you because you're a proud partner of ours here on Raider Nation Radio, my show, and uh, you better believe we were going to hear from you from Radio Row. Thanks for doing this and hope to see you out here. There's no way the Chiefs win, right? We're not going to allow Kansas City to hoist that Lombardi in Mark Stadium. That's not happening, right? No,
4: no. Listen, you know, <laughs> CT, you've been watching news lately. I've been doing a lot of stories on that so-called flag that was buried. That flag was never buried. Yeah. I have that flag sitting right on my desk. Uh, but as far as I'm going to go for, I, you know, if I had to put money on a team, I'd put my money on the 49ers.
1: Thanks, Tommy. I'll see you out there. I bump into you all the time, but let's connect and uh, talk over the holiday weekend here, the holiday of the of the Super Bowl. See you, my friend. Love the
4: Super Bowl, definitely, buddy. Love to see you.
1: You got Thanks. it, Tommy White. 872 laborers who built the Legion Stadium on time and on budget. So that's pretty cool. We're excited about that. That is fantastic. Way to go, Tommy White for being a proud partner of our show as we continue on. 702-365-9200 as we're ready to roll here. We're going to have Levi Edwards join us in a little bit. going to get to him if he's available. If not, we'll wait. And then we have Jim McMahon coming up and Kyle Turley. We are ready to go when they're ready to go in a few minutes. So we'll get ready for that. Revenant, I'm excited. They're friends of the show. I've been interviewing them for a long time. So whenever they're ready, ma'am, we'll get them up here and we'll talk about cannabis and how cannabis can help the NFL and the whole world. It's a good topic for those two guys. Can't wait to have them on. So, Bobby, that's what I think we'll do. We're coming back with those guys. Uh, Let's jump out here real quickly, and when we come back quickly, we'll talk to Jim McMahon, the Funky QB, and Kyle Turley. They're going to join us coming up next as we continue with our coverage live from Radio Row, Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino. Thanks to the M Resort. They're hosting the big party Thursday night. Did good jaws right around the corner. You can go. There's tickets still available. Go to the M Resort and find out all about it. We'll talk to Kyle Turley. Man, I love this guy. And Jim McMahon. They join us next.
0: people used to say this was just a gambling town this is an entertainment town this is a sports town it's an event town it's it's we're seeing that in the Super Bowl and it, this doesn't happen without people who know how to do that so from the the governor to the the county commissioners to the the Convention and Visitors Bureau to the Super Bowl host committee all done an extraordinary job
1: yeah a little
2: Slayer is that yeah, that? yeah.
1: Slayer is a big Raider band. Oh, Kyle yeah. rock hole. My guy, Kyle Turley. We're promoting Revnant. We'll get to that in a second, man. Good to see you. And I saw your video from home before you came out because I follow you on social media. And I had Anthony Munoz on earlier, and I said, other than Anthony, maybe you are the most consistent guy I talk to. This is my 26th radio row. And you've been here for how many now? <laughs>
2: Fifteen years? Yeah, fifteen years. Since I retired I've been at every Super Bowl.
1: And you love the gridiron great stuff. And with all of our gridiron greats we got the party tomorrow night we'll get to. You still get motivated to come here and work. And work and go from radio station talking about what you're representing, and this time again, it's Revenant. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, it's Revenant, and it's a culmination of all the things we started with the Gridiron Greats, you know, and they gave me the first platform to speak to our peers, you know, in our community, and it was here in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, I think it was one of the – I can't remember what hotel it was at, uh, over by the – uh bass pro shops what was that hotel? oh
1: that's silverton the silverton right, we had it at
2: the okay. silverton and they let me speak to everybody and like dick vermil was there and all that And i had this real experience with cannabis that i told shannon uh, you know shannon jordan the mm, director yeah. of the Green Iron greats at the time now it's karen and karen wright does a great job but shannon gave me that opportunity to speak to everybody and uh it was just because of my true experience that i had that i knew immediately that the that the thing that i experienced with cannabis could help our community. And you know me, that's all I'm trying to do. That's all I've been trying to do is help our community. And now with the companies that I've started and all the things that I'm doing pressing forward with this issue, we're saving lives and that that's the most important thing to me. You know, we've got great great companies that are having success but we could use a lot more help and that's the other reasons why we're here.
1: I always believe with you but we in the beginning when we had our first couple of interviews I was I was thinking too much about recreational cannabis instead of using cannabis to heal and heal the brain and heal football players who are addicted to opioids and i came around with you because i've interviewed so many football players in my career who are still going through pain you know the legendary raiders who i see all the time and every Two to three years, it feels like they're aging six to eight years. Yeah. And cannabis could help them along when it comes to pain relief.
2: Mm-hmm. helps out with social issues for them, healing, sleep, everything that they need to survive. Everything, everything. It can address all these issues that we have in our community that are plaguing it still, that you and I started out on 15 years ago. Every one of these things is getting better for the people that have chosen to use this plant as the medicine it is. And the recreational system, that's just a word. And, yeah. that, and, and, and that's the government and these people that try to put these things around it to make people still have the stigma about marijuana. You know this that like stigma's gone now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for the most part, years? but it's not in, in in ways that we can't, you know, access these casinos to have our events. We're at the Lexi Hotel. We took down the whole thing here because it's one of the only cannabis friendly hotels because there's no casino. You can have everything else in a casino but cannabis i walk around these casinos and smoke cannabis all day long and i just keep moving so that they they can't find me so if you're (laughs)
1: staying at the mgm grand or mandalay bay here And you want to go down into the lobby, why isn't there a legalized cannabis lounge? When I turn on the news, I hear everybody saying, the next move is a cannabis lounge. But then they have that federal law that you can't have it in a casino. Well, we have alcohol. We have all types of alcohol. We know people are using opioids in a casino legally or illegally. Mm -hmm. And we're still at this bridge where we can't come over with cannabis with casinos.
2: Yeah, and and that's where our political platform comes into play here because there are real political reasons why that happens. That's because the scheduling cannabis is a schedule one drug which means it can't be researched on hubids it's worse than heroin it's worse than cocaine it's worse than anything out there but yet it hasn't killed a soul in the history of the world not accredited death to cannabis while they've killed 20 million plus people with these pharmaceuticals they should shut down the entire industry if you allowed the trucking industry to put cow catchers on the front of their trucks and just not have to worry about the traffic and just get to where they're going i'm sure they shut the trucking industry down when they killed you know 20 probably the first 100,000 people right but they've allowed this pharmaceutical industry to dictate this conversation and it's on a scheduling platform that it, right now has the opportunity to decrease down to a schedule three drug and if you decrease it to a schedule three drug then it allows for research on on humans and uh, so far they haven't been able to defeat this thing that creates this stigma that it's worse than heroin it's worse than that and then gives all the governments these abilities to say hey you got a gambling license or you got an alcohol license you can't add cannabis to it because it's a schedule one drug and it's associated with this and so you can't do that and and that can get fixed and that's what has to happen.
1: Kyle Turley joins us legendary NFL player we're promoting Revenant as we always do a typical NFL player now in their 20s give you a running back for say I hear all these stories, they can't even get up to the second story of their house on the Monday, Tuesday after a game, they're in pain. How does cannabis help? Where's the NFL on cannabis now? As they decriminalized it, and they know all players are using it, just to heal and to be healthy so they can get out on the practice field. What changes have you seen since we've been talking for 15 years? Well,
2: yeah, I mean, we've made some progress. The NFL stopped suspending players, but right. last year they implemented a new thing where they can dock your pay up to three games, but you have to go to work, you have to practice, you have to play in the games, but they can take it if you test over a new ratio they created that was the IOC level the, of 50 nanograms of THC. Uh, and So players are still at uh, pseudo-risk. They, they haven't really flexed on it, but it's a pseudo-risk, and And we we can fix this, you know, because players are having this experience over and over and over again. We're having this opportunity to experience what players are experiencing through their words directly. And all these guys that come out of the league, you know, that haven't had the platform and ability to talk about it are telling their story now. you know. And it started with us, with myself, Jim McMahon and Ricky Williams, when we came together collectively to say, hey, this is a collective experience that goes across racial lines, it goes across – uh, uh, eras of football to where we're all, uh, you know, striving, uh, and, and living great lives right now because of this plan. We're up against
1: it, but my friend Jim McMahon, who I've interviewed, I feel like 40 or 50 times at Radio Row, you we were just on with Doggy, was on with last night. Dog took us to dinner. Great to see you again. Let's talk about Reverend, let's talk about cannabis and how it's helped your life, Jim.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I'm sure Kyle's explained, you know, why we even call it Revenant. Uh, you know, this plant is just, I've always endorsed it, uh, I've always I've, I've used it since I was very young mm-hmm. and I didn't know how good it was for me until I started learning about the plant, about the cannabinoid system and why, it, why it's the number one regulatory system in your body and why it's the only patented neuroprotectant on the planet. Yeah. You know, why is these guys, especially in this profession, why aren't they able to use it without per- repercussions? Because big farmer and then it feels like this.
1: Big farmer, which Kyle's taught me about. Before you got to go, because I know you're making the rounds. This whole—I'm not doing Taylor Swift radio. You know me; I'm a hardcore football fan. But I said the other night on my show, Travis Kelsey's coverage because of this pop star is at the level of Jim McMahon. Your Super Bowl. When I remember all the helicopters, the headband. David Letterman was talking about it. Take us back, Jim, to the coverage of you personally on one of the greatest teams of all time and how much pressure you were taking coming into that game and you delivered.
0: Well, it was, uh, to me, it was just like a, another week, you know, it's just, Yeah, but we were in New Orleans where we were supposed to have some fun, <laughs> and we did. I mean, we had, you know, I, everything was going great the first three days. I think we got there on a Monday, so I did all the interviews Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Everything was going great. Thursday morning, I get woken up by an irate fan, cussing me out, and my phone rings again. <laughs> I finally, I, I get up and go to breakfast. The, uh, the general manager come up to me and said, oh, you really did it this time. And that's all he said to me. Whoa. So I'm still standing in the food line, and Dickie walks up, and he says, <laughs> did you really say that? I said, Mike, what, what, what supposedly did I do? I said, Jerry's pissed. I said, people woke me up this morning. He goes, did you really do a radio show this morning? I said, what time? He said, 6 a.m. I said, I didn't get back here until 5.30. There's no way I did a damn radio show. And he goes, did you really call all the women of New Orleans sluts and the men (laughs) stupid? I said, are you out of your mind? I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't say that to a reporter even if I thought it was true. Wow. I, I don't really remember the game. I was just trying to get out of town before I got shot. Love
1: this. You're good. We'll wrap this up. You are good. I'll see you at Gridiron Greats. Yes, sir. Been a part of that from day one, emceeing it. We've inducted a lot of Gridiron Greats, some who are not with us anymore. We'll celebrate that Thursday That's night right. at the end. Great to see you. you Always brother. appreciate Thank it. You as so much, brother. Man. Take you. care, brother. Great to see you guys. You know how much you mean to me. Likewise, you guys, man. man. See Likewise, you there. brother. Thank you, got you so Take much. Take care. There he is, Kyle Turley and Jim McMahon, who were kind enough to join us. And uh, as they're going right across to our sister station here, amazing story that Jim McMahon just said about what the chaos that he brought to the Super Bowl with something he didn't think was a big deal at that point in time, that what's going on with Taylor Swift is a lot bigger. Nice to get those guys in here. That, again, is what Radio Row is all about. You get guys who are supposed to come in. It's a hard out. So let me teach everyone Radio Row. They're supposed to come in at 1.15. Kyle's on time. Uh, Jim's up on the SiriusXM platform. Uh, By the way, Jim McMahon is in a wheelchair right now as we speak and uh, used to golf with Jim a lot. But Jim's in a wheelchair now. He's doing some radio here with Q. I think you'll hear that coming up. But uh, Jim is a guy that needs cannabis going forward because he needs it for the health situation that he's in. So, again, I'm not here to make you smoke pot, uh, use cannabis at all. But the only thing that I tell everybody about this is listen to Jim McMahon and Kyle Turley on their product, Revenant, and what they're trying to do. Because they're not doing this to get high. They're doing this for pain. And Kyle Turley was addicted to opioids For a long time and almost died of overdoses and putting those pills into his body for so many years to play football. And now he's an advocate and he's the number one advocate in NFL history for cannabis being used to help healing football players and all athletes, but especially football players along the way. All right, we're going to have our local guy come in. Levi Edwards is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. We'll have another interview when we come back on the other side. Bobby's running the board back at Lotus. Always appreciate Bobby. He's been there for 20-plus Super Bowls with me. Got the whole team here. Q's got a big interview coming up. We're seeing ESPN. 1,000 doing interviews here. ESPN 1100, excuse me, doing interviews. So everybody's having a good time here. Live from Radio Row. We are brought to you by Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. Let it be known to everyone around the world that the Super Bowl, Raisin Cane's one love in Vegas.
3: We just haven't had that, that aspect, so I kind of lit a fire, I think, under some guys, uh, including myself. But um, at the end of the day, it's playoff games. Uh, I mean, you want to win. I mean, you, this, is, this is what you kind of play for. And I think that fire would have been, regardless if we underdog or not, that fire would have been lit because this is the time of year that you work for and you put in those hard practices for. And I think we have that mindset. If we're going to practice the way we do and we're going to work the way we uh, work, we're not going to let it slide by. We're going to make sure that we maximize our opportunity every time we're out there.
1: You know, I have a tradition here at Radio Row. This is my 26th Radio Row, and I think Anthony Munoz has been on with me for every one. Great to see you, my
5: friend. Great seeing you, too. It's an annual event, man. I'm, it I'm is. I'm happy we worked it out again.
1: Absolutely. What I love many things about you is you love this event. You're here to work. You're here to send a message. We got yep. the Bart Star Award. We got the breakfast coming up. Tell us about this year because you got a nice
5: crew of people that put you to work on Radio Exactly. Rome. This is one of the first years I feel like I have an entourage. I yeah, got to, it's great. I'm kind of just following them around. But, no, it's 36-year Bart Starr Award uh, Super Bowl breakfast taking place uh, Saturday morning at the Caesars. And uh, I tell you what, limited number of tickets left. You can come see Tony Dungy, Coach Tomlin, Mike Singletary. And the list goes on. Fitzpatrick, winning the Bart Starr Award yes. this year. Young, great player, but even more impressive what he does off the field as an individual. His faith uh, in his community work, and that's why, you know, you get the award. And So I'm excited. Uh, you know, I've been able to attend quite a few of these, if not not all of them, but uh, just about all of them. And uh, it's it's a great time to, to really celebrate the entire person, not just what you do on the football field, but what they do in their life off the field family community i, I remember kirk cousins won the
1: award yeah. and he broke down yeah i mean because of his faith right exactly. bart Starr and his faith yeah. and because bart star and the impact that he had on the world of football yeah. and you being a hall of famer yeah. it's nice to connect the legends of the game with the modern players and keep that going
5: it really is you know you mentioned the name bart star i got to know bart really well i tell you what wins the first two super bowls great yeah. leader for the green bay packers a man of character and faith and to have an award that carries his name, oh, my goodness. And to, to know that I have that award sitting at home, it's quite an honor. It's very humbling. But you're right. You have guys that played in the past. Now you've got guys with Kirk Cousins and now Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, uh, Clares Campbell won it one yeah. year. You know, had a chance to be with yeah. him at the breakfast. Guys that are making an impact now in the league and hopefully continuing that legacy that we love to see. But uh, it's just a great time to celebrate in Hall of Famer Anthony yeah. Munoz joins us. You know I'm a Hall of
1: Fame geek. I like the history of it. And when I, when I found out that Warren Moon was named for the Nitschke, Breck, uh, the, the Nitschke luncheon back at the Hall of Fame, I said, man, from Deacon Jones, right, to the list that goes on and on, right. you never miss it. I love your attendance at that event with the Super Bowl. Let's touch on the impact that the Hall of Fame has in your life, in your community, in your global community.
5: So first of all, you talk about the Ray Nitschke luncheon, which is, uh, happens on Friday, Hall of yeah. Fame week up there. It's a luncheon just for Hall of Famers. Those are the only guys that are in the room. Hall of Famers. The incoming class does not get to say a word. That Love first that. one. Yeah. So guys can compliment them. Guys can talk about them. You get guys popping up from different eras and talking about their passion, encouraging this new class, young guys that continue to come back. Uh, and and it's, I mean, it's it's amazing. I sit in there and I just look around and you know guys that played before me, guys that I played against and then guys that are, you know, played after I played. And, uh, you know, we had Deacon Jones, who was kind of the the, the oh. voice of it. Uh, the sad thing about it, I got to know Ray Nitschke a little bit. He passed away in March of 98. I was inducted in August of 98. Oh, I didn't know that. So, um, you know, for this bank or luncheon to carry his name. So you go from Deacon Jones to Willie Lanier, and then Willie Lanier passes a mantle to, to Warren Moon as the one that will help lead the meeting there. Uh, it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And the, and the impact awesome. that the Hall of Fame has, you know, being a, a member of that you know, fraternity. I mean, being a member of the NFL alumni fraternity, and now you got your fraternity member of the Bart Starr Award. You're a member of the, you know, Hall of Fame. And think about it. The thousands and thousands of guys that have played and coached and contributed to the league, you have 381 that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it's 180, 180, that are alive. Yeah. And to be a part of that special uh, fraternity, it just, I still pinch myself. I know you do. When That's I, drive why I up ask every 71 year. to go to Kent for the for the weekend. Yeah. It's like. My wife's sitting next to me, I said, you know where we're going? We're going to the Hall of Fame induction. I get to wear my jacket. And it's just its so humbling, and, uh, but it's exciting to be a part of that, uh, that group.
1: Anthony Munoz is our guest. How good is Trent Williams here for the 49ers? Make the comparison. A lot of people make it to you, which I know you're a very humble man. This guy's got to play a big role. In the Super Bowl, because the 49ers have McCaffrey to run the ball. They got Debo Samuel, right. but they got a young quarterback. Anthony, when you look at Brock Purdy and you're seeing him advance throughout the playoffs, yeah. what do you think of this Niners team?
5: You know, I like the Niners. I like both teams, actually. Uh-huh. I mean, I think there's some great matchups. You mentioned Trent Williams. The guy's, you know, 14 years and he's the top of the game. One of the best, if not the best. I love watching him. You know, I love watching him pass, pro. I love, you know, one thing that I always took pride in was backside cutoffs. He does an amazing job doing the you know, backside cutoffs on the run. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy had been very impressed. I mean, the guy's – it's not like he's a rookie anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a lot of experience under his belt. But, uh, you know, he's got some weapons, you know, Debo and McCaffrey and, you know, IU. Mm-hmm. But to me, the challenge is not Chris Jones. and That's the challenge. Yeah. But is that Kansas City Chiefs secondary. Those guys have been playing lights out. Spagnola has them rolling around. McDuffie and all those guys. Uh, That's going to be the challenge. That's going to be the matchup that I'm looking forward to. Well,
1: as we wrap it up with you, we know Kansas City, Andy Reid's a Hall of Famer going forward, Mahomes and Kelsey. And I've been asking all of my guests, how does Kelsey get 11 targets and 11 receptions? in baltimore i i can't i can't get an answer from anybody <laughs> and you know who he's like, throwing like, you, to <laughs> you know he's throwing to him and he's he doesn't sometimes get hit at the line of scrimmage right. he runs free and then all of a sudden he starts putting up numbers how confident are you in Kansas City in this game as an AFC guy for, they, for them coming in to win this game? I think this is a legacy play. This is a dynasty. You're not a dynasty if you win two. got to, I think, agree. You've got to have three yeah. to be a dynasty. They're on the verge of three in five years, Anthony.
5: I'll tell you what, what they've done is amazing. I mean, you think about, you know, Montana and Bradshaw. And yeah. You know, Brady, of course, is the guy that's kind of the set the, the bar. But uh, what Kansas City has done and, I mean i feel confident they can win i think it's a great matchup and like i said weapons on both sides i mean mahones kelsey i mean you got pacheco and yeah he's tough uh, but um but i really i look at the way their secondary plays and not only coverage wise but the way they get after and tackle people uh and i know they got their work cut out for him mm. with devo man the guy is uh he's, he's like a a running beast. back he is a beast <laughs> he I can do it what, all but uh I, I just hope it's a great game. I, I you know, it's I just Vegas. Hope it's, a, it's Vegas. Come on, well, it's got to be a good Vegas. game. <laughs>
1: hey, yeah. are you pro Vegas now, or have you been talking? Yeah, I love you? Vegas. You, all the years I'm, you and I have been talking, do you ever think we'd be doing a Super Bowl no, in my town was, in Vegas?
5: I thought I'd always. I come to Vegas two, three times a year. And the only I tell people the only thing I lose in Vegas are golf balls. That's so I, it. So I'm staying past the game. I got twelve twenty Tuesday, twelve twenty wednesday at tpc Summerlin. so i got two rounds of golf on that's right so, where i live i live about five ready? minutes
1: from there yeah, so. w- lastly what would al davis think of this hall of Famer, the maverick one of oh. the most important people in the history his son mark now owns the raiders and look at the raiders hosting a super I think bowl be, i think, think he would
5: love it yeah because it's not the ordinary it's not something that would ordinarily be done right so i think he would be thriving in this environment no doubt being the, being the you know the las vegas raiders and holding a super bowl i mean think about how it wasn't that long ago where guys couldn't come here guys couldn't do this couldn't yeah, do that you would know now it's like it's the home city of the raiders i Absolutely. Mean, it's like the super bowl last yeah. one tell us about your family my son i
1: got one who graduated from college one that's a junior you've always spent a little bit of time with me you mentioned your wife tell us about your kids your family and what's so, what's new in
5: your life yeah so uh just chasing grandkids now my wife and i you know We'll be wow. 46 years married in April, what and we have nine grandkids. So we've gotten those very comfortable gym chairs, <laughs> oh. lounge chairs for football games and baseball games and lacrosse. So we're just having a blast right now. We have we have one that's getting ready to go to high school, two that are a year away. Uh, so it's like, you know, they're all very active, and it's been fun.
1: My friend, how great is it to take those lawn chairs and put them <laughs> out on the field? No one bothers you. You just watch your grandkids play. Put your
5: hat on. You relax. Get a nice iced tea and sit yeah. out there and and just watch and enjoy. You don't have to. I don't have to strategize. And you know, hey, they should be running this. Just enjoy watching them play. Bart Starr Award. That's what we're talking about. You'll be a yeah. part of that coming up. I'll be there Saturday morning at Caesar's, uh, the 36th annual uh, Super Bowl breakfast, sanctioned Good. by the NFL. Tony Dungy will be there. Mike Tomlin. Awesome. Mike Singletary. A bunch of us will be there. To celebrate uh, Minka Fitzpatrick as the Bart Star winner this and year, and I'm
1: hosting my show tomorrow, uh, Friday, at Caesars at Cafe Americano, out on the deck there oh. when this is going on. So I hope to see you again. Good to see you, my friend. Hey,
5: always good being my with you, man. Take care.
1: Always my pleasure. Thank you, Anthony Munoz. How cool is that, man? Wow, these are these are kind of cool little emotional interviews for me because I get to see Anthony every year here, and he's always coming up to us excited to talk about something, the Bart Star Award. So that's nice. Nice that he's able to do that. Levi Edwards is going to join us momentarily from Raiders digital team. We want to make sure what we're trying to do here is give you the national interviews and then the local side of the Raiders. A lot of this is more of the national stuff we do this week. But we also get to the local side of the Raiders as Luke Getzey was named the offensive coordinator officially. What is my opinion on it? I don't have much of an opinion. I don't know the guy. Like I tell everybody, we'll see what he can do here. Was he the Raiders' number one choice? I don't think so. I think it ended up being, you know, they wanted to go after Kingsbury. The deal couldn't get finished for the money, whatever it was, three years instead of two. I don't care. He's not here. Antonio Pierce said it the coach. I'm only talking about Raiders who want to be here. I'm not sitting here talking about the guys who didn't come or the guys who could have been the coach here. It's none of my business. I don't hire people. I interview them. So now Luke Getsey comes over, a guy who likes to be heavy run, heavy run. You know me. I don't love the run. I like to run. I think it's a necessity in football. But my oldest son has been helping me out here all week, laughs at me. He goes, Dad, you don't like running the football. I said, no, I love running the football, but I like passing it more. That's okay. You can have a passion to want to pass the ball more than run it. And if Getsy's going to be here, which he is, it's now official, he's going to have to figure out play action, fake handoff throw. And I think the key to this whole deal is the fact that there's no debate. Getzey worked with Devonte. So whoever interviews Devontae, if it's not me, first question they should ask Devontae is, Devontae, did you sign off on this? That's the first question any journalist should ask Devontae. Did you sign off on this? And I would bet that Devontae was asked, and he said, yes. If I'm wrong, you know where to find me. But Devontae Adams is the cornerstone of this offense. And this is a guy who worked with Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. And I believe that year that they worked together, too, Pass game coordinator, whatever it was, 45 touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. So they, they can throw it, and they can do a lot of other things too. But ideally, I'd like to see some guy who's a little bit balanced. We'll see if Getzee's able to do that. I'm more fascinated about Justin Fields because if Cliff Kingsbury was the hire, then you could look at Justin Fields and say, man, that's a good fit. Kingsbury and Justin Fields, let, let Kingsbury put him in the lab and fix him. And then you got a running quarterback who can run on first, second, third down, pick up first downs. And then you got a a guy like Kingsbury. It didn't happen. He didn't come here. He's gone. So uh, I'm all for Luke Getze. I'll interview him here hopefully in the next week or two when things settle down. And hopefully the Raider Nation welcomes him in. So we got about another 10 minutes today. Q's on deck. Uh, He's been hustling and running around, uh, getting his show in order. We got a Tyler's here. A lot of other people are here doing their show. Steve Cofield who's been at many radio rows over the decades, too, so he's doing a good job, and we'll figure out what's going to happen here over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, and Q is handing me something here from Mike Garofolo. The Raiders are hiring former Jaguars defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell as run game coordinator and linebackers coach. Okay, let's look at this again. Mike Garofolo reposted by Ian Rappaport The Raiders are hiring former Jaguars defensive coordinator, Mike Caldwell, as run game coordinator and linebackers coach. Caldwell had a bunch of suitors, including the Eagles, the Bills, and the Ravens. He heads to Vegas to join Antonio Pierce and Patrick Graham. Sounds like he's overqualified to be a linebacker coach, former D.C., coming in with Antonio Pierce. So that looks good. I don't get the Q run game coordinator thing, but... Uh, As a defensive specialist with experience, that sounds like a good move, too. If you want to get in here, we got five more minutes to go. we got to get Levi up here because the show is wrapping up. Levi, grab that one right there. Levi Edwards, kind enough to join us. From the digital team, where there is breaking news on the Raiders going out and getting a linebacker coach who's a former D.C. And, Levi, you're writing about it. You're down here at Radio Row. Good to see you. Thanks for being our insider all year. Of course.
3: I appreciate it.
1: Great to have you. So, the Getze thing, how did it come about? I mean, we're transparent here. It looked like Kingsbury was the first choice. That deal fell out. Seems like this was the second choice all along. Is that fair?
3: That's fair. And I wouldn't really necessarily even say second choice, I would probably say 1B. Okay. Luke Getze had, you know, around two or three interviews even before the hire for mm. Kingsbury was in place. Okay. So, I don't necessarily think, even though Getze wasn't necessarily the first choice, I definitely wouldn't think that they have any regret having to go to him. Uh, he's someone that they seem like they were very interested in from the jump. Right. And so even though they might not be getting who they initially wanted, they're still getting their guy and the person I, uh, they believe is going to be capable.
1: So the evidence proves he likes to run the football. Now, as you dive into this, and I know you got a lot of good content that's going to come up on this this offseason season. All I care about is if he's a run guy, great, but can he pivot the pass when he has to pass? Can he work off play action? Could he make the offense pop a little bit more in the passing game? I don't know the answer to that.
3: Really, the only thing that you can go off of, and it's weird because you can't really go off of his success as a, as a in the passing game as a coordinator, you have to go all the way back to when he was with the Green Bay Packers right. because he has that experience as, I believe, their pass game coordinator uh, when he was with Devontae Adams. And that's another thing. You have a guy that you're familiar in place as a receiver, and now he's a you know all-pro, top-notch receiver. Uh, so you have a guy that you already have familiarity with there. And when you watch what the the concepts were, you know, with that spread offense when they were in Green Bay, get the ball out quick, you know, make the right reads, you know, make sure people are doing their thing, and so. We might see a little bit more of that in Mm -hmm. Las Vegas than what we had gotten accustomed to doing in in Green Bay, not Green Bay, but in Chicago. I think what we saw in Chicago from Lutz Gesi is him just taking his best parts of his team and being able to maximize it on that. Whereas you look at the Las Vegas Raiders offense and what their best qualities are, it's not necessarily the best qualities Mm -hmm. of the Chicago Bears. So with that being said, We've gotten used to what we believe a Luke the offense looks like in Chicago, but I really do think that it could be completely different and also evolved within the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Tyson Bagent destroyed the Raiders. I was there at that game, one of the road trips. It was a mismatch because they Crazy ran the ball. Game. They ran the ball hard, and the problem in that game is the Raiders, because of Tyson Bajan, they knew he wasn't going to be throwing it as much. The Raiders knew they were going to run the football. And they were getting to the sec- second level the whole game. They bl- That was the reason I think Josh McDaniels got let go because it was the Chicago game that went into the Detroit no-show game. So, boom, Josh McDaniels is gone. And one of the guys is Luke Etsy, who now comes to the Raiders, and that rushing game really worked well.
3: Yeah, so it was just a – I don't want to say the word bizarre game. But yeah, it was bizarre.
1: You should say I'll, bizarre. I'll let, I'll let you it say was, the word no, bizarre. No, it was it an was... historic moment. Here's why. I tell everybody this. <laughs> If Josh McDaniels wins that game, which he should have, and I was on the wrong side of that game because he should have started Aiden O'Connell in that game. He didn't. If they win that game, there's no way Josh McDaniels is fired because Josh McDaniels would have beat the Giants and the Jets, in my opinion. He couldn't beat Chicago and Detroit. That led to Mark Davis making a really fast decision 100%. on getting rid of him, and that had to do with Chicago.
3: This is what I'll say about that game because I remember that game very vividly as someone who yeah. was there. Um, You went into that game, and everything that I'd seen on tape from the Chicago Bears going into that game, Mm. it was like just night and day 180. Just the way that the offensive line played, that was not the offensive line that I saw going into that game. The way they ran the ball, I knew they had success running the ball, but they were able to do like a little one-two punch, ran a lot of counters, did a lot of cool run concepts that they threw at the Raiders that they weren't necessarily ready for. Uh, Tyson Bajan, it was his first start, d 2 UDFA, so it was uh, just the, the the things that they threw at the Raiders' defense. It was impressive, you know. Despite that, wasn't what I saw going into the game. I really did like what I saw from from that unit.
1: Levi Edwards, as we wrap it up, what other content are you working on from the Super Bowl? Any special storylines you're digging into? What are you working on?
3: So uh, we definitely have a couple of uh, special things coming up. Uh, just to plug something, I did a three part series on our last Super Bowl win, Super Bowl eighteen. Wow, it's I the can't 40 for year anniversary. So we have a three part article series. That has already released however this week on uh, Raiders Podcast Network we're also dropping the three-part series uh, from an audio level as well Good. so I narrated it and uh, there's a lot Look of really you. cool radio calls in there we've got some interviews from Plunkett as well as Mike Haynes in there uh, taking you through those wow. memories and those moments so uh, that's a, a huge project that I've been working on for the past two weeks that's finally coming out so uh, part one came out yesterday nice part two and three will come out the rest of this week so uh that's something that you know we're starting to get a little bit more into in terms of taking our feature stories and bring them into audio format
1: thanks for joining us my friend great work uh, this is how many radio rows for you now
3: this, is my, this might be my second ever Radio Good. Row, but this is my first ever Super Bowl Radio Row, so uh, I'm taking in every moment.
1: Thanks for joining I'm us. I'm having
3: a lot of fun. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, buddy.
1: Thank you. That is Levi Edwards, kind enough to join us from the digital team. I am definitely diving into that three-part series because I love that team. Maybe one of the greatest teams of all time. Grimaldi's, 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 thank you for being a partnership of Radio Row and Lotus Broadcasting. Been with me. Best pizza I've ever had. I mean it. You know I'm sincere. Grimaldi's, thanks for your partnership. Here on Radio Row, thanks to all of our guests. Tomorrow is my big day every year at Radio Row, my exclusive interview with Joe Montana. Joe's been coming on with me for two decades. I get a chance to do that tomorrow. You'll hear it here exclusively on Raider Nation Radio and also the YouTube page, which will be up because we're doing that live with Joe on TV on the stream. Thanks to Bobby who put the entire show together, the entire team here. From Lotus Broadcasting, have a great day. I'm not working tonight, so I'm about to hit the strip and have some fun with some friends in town, and I'm going to enjoy the rest of Super Week here from Mandalay Bay. Thanks for listening, everybody.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you,
4: guys.